You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. So legacy, legacy, legacy. Let's talk about legacy over these next couple weeks together. Legacy, again, it's, it's what you leave behind when you leave. It's what people are going to talk about at your funeral. And so the question I want rolling around in your heart and mind right now is like, what are they going to say? Well, like, what legacy are you, are you building? And it's a heavy question, but here's, what the, here's the gift it gives us. Okay, ready? Is if you're taking notes, write this down. Legacy thinking, okay? Legacy thinking helps us with intentional living, right? Legacy thinking helps us with in, intentional living. And if I can give you a gift, if I can just help you today, come on, church, we're gonna help our, our, ourselves at our church. We're gonna have some, we're gonna have some intentional living. Now, I'm not just, I'm not just moving through. You know, the biggest danger to a Christian is, is not necessarily that you ruin your life. Look at me. It's not like I'm worried, oh, you're gonna ruin your life. You ruin your life. The, the, the biggest danger is that we waste it. Is that we take what God has given us and we we don't invest it properly. We don't. We don't live the, in a way that actually leaves a mark on the society that God and the culture that God has called us to reach. Come on, are you with me? I feel like preaching this morning. Like, like I don't want us to waste our lives. And so we've got to live with the end in mind so that we get intentional about the day in front of us. If you get clarity about where you're going or what you're going to leave, it'll inform how you're going to live. Amen. So we're all going to end up somewhere in life. And, and I would say you might as well get there on purpose, right? Get there on purpose. Where do I want to end up? I think far too many people live, um, I, I, I always say that you're looking down. You're looking down too much. I think there's a lot of people that live like that. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of people, maybe even here today, you're just looking down too much. In other words, like you're on the road. You got this little road in front of you and you're just, you're just on it. Why are you on it? Because that's, it's there. That's the road I'm walking. And here's these people that are around me walking that road. And so I'm just looking down and I'm walking the road. And if I could do anything in this, in this series, I just want to go, hey, look up. Look up real quick. Because this is what will happen if you look up. You, you can't actually see where this road is going. You, you can actually determine where you're going to be based on the decisions you're making where you are. The steps you're taking where you are. Does this make sense? So it's like, look up. You, you get to a fork in the road and there's decisions to make. I, like, look up. Don't just take the easiest path. Don't just, don't just do what looks maybe best in the moment. Make the decision that says, well, what, what's going to be best down there? Because this decision, this road is going to lead me somewhere. You're going to end up somewhere, everybody. All of us will. You might as well get where you're going on purpose. So in order to do that, you got to decide, where am I going? So that's why I'm talking about legacy. Like, what legacy will you leave? What will people say about you? What, are your, what is your life going to hand down to the next generation? We're all building something. Let me change the analogy. Because some of you, you don't like the walking analogy, okay? So some of you builders in here. You're building something. Come on. You're building something. You're going to build it. Every single day, every decision you make, listen, you're putting another, another nail in, you're, you're, you're working, you're, you're building, you're building something with your life. And so here's the question, come on, like think about it. What am I building right now? 
Like what if, when, I, when I step back from all of this, <laughs> out of the light, when I step back from all of this and however many years from now, what, like what is it going to be, right? Does that make sense? Because Empire State Building. Let me tell you something about Empire State Building. Empire, the Empire State Building was built because there was some intentionality behind it. Do you understand that? It wasn't just 3,500 workers doing stuff for a year and a half. Can you imagine? 3,500 people show up. Hey, everybody, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to build something. What do you want us to do? Just, just go do stuff. Go do stuff, right? There wasn't... There wasn't it wasn't, the plan was not to just do stuff. The plan was to do very specific stuff. Very specific things every single day. This thing before that thing, right? This amount of resource here and this amount of time and intentionality there so that you end up with, well, the Empire State Building. It makes sense logically, right? Well, we need to make it practical. Like, like live it practically with, within our lives. So in this series, what I wanna do is help us look at biblically, how do I leave a legacy? How do I live a life that's gonna impact the next generation? How do I live a life that actually makes a difference? How do I live a life? What do I do with, the, with what God's given me? Some of you got like the time I have left to leave the greatest impact in the world that God has placed me in. And I wanna tell you citizens, listen to me. Like we as a church, we're gonna leave a legacy. We are a legacy-focused church. We are intentional about how we live and, and what we do because we are going to leave a legacy. Like our cities are going to be different because of us. Amen? Every city you are in is going to be different because we are in that city. Like Redlands will be different. Beaumont will be different. Like Loma Linda's, it's going to be different because we're in the city. We're going to leave, somebody's excited about that in the back. Like we're going to leave a legacy. Now listen, I need you to understand that. Um, I believe California is going to be different because of what takes place in this church over the next several years. Like, we will leave a mark. We will leave a legacy. We're going to see more lives reached, more eternities changed. Like, your friends are going to find hope. Your families are going to experience healing. Generations will be shaped by what we do in these moments. Like, what we're doing here. Listen, I'm telling you, citizens, I... What we have seen as a church is not the ceiling. We look at everything, go, oh my gosh, what God has done, and okay, that's our ceiling. No, no, it's the floor. It's our, it's our starting point into all that God has called us to do. We are going to leave a legacy. My goodness, I need you to understand, I am pushing so hard in my heart and in my prayers and in, in everything God's called us to do. Because I know that I only have one life to live. Church, we only have one life to invest in what God's called us to do. Amen? And my commitment to you and my commitment, I'm going to ask you if you commit the same thing, is that between now and the day we see Jesus face to face, we are going to give it our all and leave a legacy. I mean, we are not here to mess around. I'm not playing around. I'm not just going to, you know, take hits and be like, oh, oh, well. You know, well, COVID, can't find a building. It's just, well, it's just, no, 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 no. We will keep on keeping on and we will mark my words because they're not my words. They're the, they're, God said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen? Why? Because God needs a church in California that's reaching California. God needs people in California to stay in California. Man, we... 
I believe God, I mean, I, I'm, come on, I'm kidding with some of you. I know God called you to go to the places you go. But I'm telling you, God has called me here to leave a legacy. Called you here to leave a legacy. Citizens is here to leave a, a legacy. And come on, when you, when you believe that, you just start living a little different. You see things a little different. We're, we're, we're not just here to mess around. Like you, just hang out. Some of you, I, I'm going to go to church, just going to hang out. No, no. Like we're, we're here to leave a legacy. Psalm 112 verses 5 and 6 say this. says, God will come to those who are generous and lend freely. God said, I'm going to meet you. When you live your life to, to impact the place you've been put, he says, God says, I'm going to, when you live generous and lend free, freely, those who conduct their affairs with justice, surely the righteous will never be shaken. Look, and they will be remembered forever. Like people just talking about it. You remember, you remember that church? Remember those people? Remember those people that what they did and, and how it's impacted and influenced and changed? You remember how my family's different because they were there, right? Our generations are different because they were there, amen? And he says, they will, the righteous will be remembered forever. They will leave a legacy. So how do we leave a legacy? Ready? Here's how you leave a legacy. First of all, if you're taking notes, you got to decide what matters most. Like what matters most? Like if you don't figure this out, if you don't determine, you're going to do it this week, right? You're going up into Thanksgiving. I want you to determine between now and Thanksgiving what matters most. Because if you don't figure out what matters most, what happens is you live your life chasing things that don't matter most. Come on. You're going to win, but you're going to win at the wrong thing. Like I nailed it. <laughs> it was the wrong thing the whole time. And so you got to figure it out. Like what matters most? And let me help you biblically. Ready? I'm taking notes. This is great for Thanksgiving. Ready? Others matter most. Like, what, what matters most? Let me just give you clarity this morning. A gift of Like, others matter most. When you're thinking about what you're going to do between now and then, you need to be thinking about. When, you, when you're thinking about what you're going to give your time and attention and, and effort to between now and the day you go to be with Jesus, you need to be thinking about others. Let me show it to you in 1 Peter 4, 7 through 10. It says this, the end of all things is near. Like, hey, everybody, this isn't forever. There is an end coming, and it's closer than you think. That wasn't a prophetic word for you guys who think the end of the world is this week. The end of all things is near. Therefore, what do we do? Watch. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Pray a whole bunch that you might pray. But don't just pray. Remember, we're a church that prays bold prayers. We take bold steps. What are the steps we're supposed to take? Above all, love each other deeply. Oh, in case you don't understand what that looks like, he says this, love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. <laughs> you know, people offer hospitality and grumble about it the whole time. Offer hospitality to each other without grumbling. I'm gonna make this all make sense in a second. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Scripture says the end of all things is near. you got to be thinking with the end in mind. And when you're thinking with the end in mind, what you need to be thinking about is loving each other deeply. Someone say love deeply. Well, what does that mean, love deeply? Not just love, love deeply. 
That word deeply there in scripture, it literally means love um, stretched out. Like love just going all the way to the end of my, my, my capabilities. I'm, I'm putting it all on the line. Hey, it, it just, it, let me just say it like this. It means love that helps you get over yourself. Love that helps you just get past yourself. Love in a way that pushes you past yourself. That's the kind of love we need to have when we're thinking about leaving a legacy, when we're thinking about the end in mind, is that today I'm gonna love to the point where I'm getting past myself. Man, you, you hear this all the time. You gotta get past yourself. Or we need to hear this because, man, I, I think one of the biggest uh, hindrances to you leaving a legacy and, and us leaving a legacy is we, we just don't get past ourselves. All we do is think about ourselves. I, everything is about me and for me and, and it's, it's with me. I'm the center of everything and I can't ever, come on everybody, I can't impact the world around me if all I'm doing is thinking about me. And so what scripture says is, guys, the end is close. Just get, stretch yourself out a little bit. Love deeply. You know, one of the greatest forces on our planet is gravity, right? Thank God for gravity. Some of you like, I, I don't like gravity. You know you weigh a whole lot less on the moon because there's less gravity, everybody, right? But gravity, it, it, it just, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest forces on earth. Now watch this. If you're going to escape gravity, you need a force greater than gravity to help you escape gravity. And thus we have rockets. How do we get to the moon? We found something that we can do that helps us create a force greater than gravity where we can lift past gravity. And here's how I want you thinking about this. Your life will continue. You, you have a gravitational pull in your life. And you know that gravitational pull is toward yourself? Constantly. I, I just have, if you leave me to my own my own device, like everything will pull toward me, gravitate toward me. I want to talk about me. Right, I, I, I want to go where? I want to go to lunch. Come on, you go, where do you want to go to lunch? You're only asking that because you want them to ask you where you want to go for lunch, right? You're thinking about, you, you don't care. Like people go, how you doing? How you doing? Sometimes you feel like you're not asking me that because you care about how I'm doing. You want me to ask you how you, we want to talk about you right now. I, could feel, I feel that sometimes, you know, like, and, and it's just the gravitational pull of our lives. And we need something greater than that gravitational pull to get us away from that gravitational pull. And so what scripture says to you is, here it is, it's loving deeply. Like, if you can live your life loving deeply, you will now have a force greater than the gravitational pull toward yourself that's gonna help you escape yourself. And that's so important. You gotta get there. Like, all systems go. Let's get out of the gravitational pull back toward me, and then it's launched into the orbit, watch, of others. Just get out there with others. I get my thinking out there. I get my, my concern and my compassion, and it, it needs to go there. Because if we don't go there, please pay attention. If we don't go there, you're going to set goals that are only concerned with you. Watch, you're gonna think about only 
you. Now, here's what you're going to do. I promise you, every time when you think about you and you set your goals and you mark your path and you plan your route and it's all focused on you, it's going to focus on this thing called success. Let me talk to you about it for a second. What do you want to do? Well, I want to be successful. I want to achieve, and I want, and I want, and I want, and I want. And here's what you're going to do. Everything in your life is going, to, is going to rotate around this idea of success and what you think it means to be successful. So you want a bigger bank account. Go for it. Get it. Go get it. Man, you want a better, better job. You want, you want a more prestigious job. You want a nicer house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you go out there and run after it with all your heart and you actually become successful. Hey, let me ruin this for you really quick. I'm just telling you, come on, it is a gift. If you live your whole life focused on you and you go out there and you actually succeed at being successful, let me tell you something, it's going to be empty. I'm just going to tell you up front. It's empty, why? Because God actually built you whether you believe in him or not, whether you've surrendered your life to Jesus or not, and if you haven't, we're gonna give you opportunity before you leave. Whether you are walking with Jesus or not, you've been built for more than success. You've actually been built, what you long for is significance. Like, I, I want my life to matter. I can go and build my empire, but if my empire has, has no significance behind it, and meaning it hasn't touched other lives and helped other people, well then I actually find myself empty. I have everything and nothing at all. All at the same time. And it's miserable. There's an emptiness there because friends, we're, we're longing for meaning and significance in our life. So how do I get there? Well, John already told you, when you think about the end, think about others. When you think about how you're going to live today, you think about others. You want to know how to leave a legacy? Listen, get over yourself. Aren't you glad he came to church today, buddy? Like, you, you want to know how to leave a legacy? Like, love other people how? Deeply. Like, just stretched out. Like, all you can do to love all the way to the end where it, it just hurts and you just keep going, you're gonna love other people deeply. Now, how do I do that? So what I'm gonna do the last couple moments that we have left together, give you some real practical ways that we can start to move toward legacy living. And it's right there out of scripture. Did you see it? I, I love that he gets really practical because we're like, okay, what does that mean? Well, he says, here's what it means, okay? Did you see the things he told us? First of all, he's like, you just need to learn to be merciful to people. First Peter 4, 8. He says that we are above all to love each other deeply. Why? Watch everybody. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Okay, watch. You're going to love this. Peter, Peter starts with this. Why? Because I, I think the Spirit of God, just working with Peter as he's writing this, like Peter just knows. Like When he says love each other deeply, you're going to go, oh, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. What about them? Come on, all of us have a them, right? Some of you got them coming over Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> and you're like, when you said love each other deeply, you couldn't have possibly met them. Do you know what, what they did? Do you know what they said? Do you know what they've been doing? Do you know what they believe? Do you know, do you, do you know what they are a part of? 
Do you know how they voted or how they didn't vote? Do you? Come on. Oh, I know we're going there right now, right? God, do you know what they, and, and, and here's what Scripture says, love each other deeply. And before you come up, before you, before you can even think about your excuse of why you can't love them, he goes, oh, by the way, what that means is um, cover up sin, like a multitude of sin. Love covers a multitude of sins. You're going to love them deeply. And the first thing it's going to do is it's going to be merciful to people. It's going to, here's the, the word in the, in the Hebrew, it means in the Greek, it's overwhelm sin. In other words, it's not that it doesn't see the offense, but love is greater than the offense. It's not that I don't see it. It's not like I'm ignorant. But here's what love does is, it's not that it doesn't see it, it's just I don't focus on it. When I think about you, I'm not just thinking about the dumb thing you did. Can I just tell you, everybody, the people God has called us to love deeply are going to do dumb things. How do I know that? Because you do dumb things. Right? And, and if you are going to practically love them deeply, the first thing you got to do is overlook their dumb things. Some of you really struggle with this because you think like, no, God doesn't overlook. God doesn't. Oh, yes, he does. See, it's called mercy, everybody. So now instead of being critical and, and condemning or judgmental people, God here is saying, you need to be merciful people. Okay, merciful people are legacy people. Because see, I'm not going to focus on everything that's wrong with you. And I'm not going to let that deter me from loving you. It's the same mercy that God's shown you. Like, because some of you are like, how do I do that? How do I do that? Real practically, like this Thanksgiving, how do I, how do, I do that? How am I going to do that? Here's how you're going to do that. Is you're going to remind yourself of how merciful God's been to you. Get under that and then let that flow out of you and, and, and touch these people that God is putting around you. I mean, it's actually your job. Like, love them deeply. First of all, through, through mercy. Here, here's what mercy does, friends, is mercy doesn't give you what you deserve. God, give me what I deserve. That's the fires of hell right there. That's what you heard. Like, it's what I deserve. Here's what God does. He said, I'm not going to actually give you what you deserve. Psalm 103 verse 10 says this. He shall not deal with us according to our sin, nor punish us according to our iniquities. God is doing that for you. And now because you're loving others deeply, you are going to turn around and do that for others. You see, I deserve impatience. What does God give me? Patience. God is so patient with me. I, 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 deserve, I, deserve, I deserve harsh. God gives me gentle. I deserve to be pushed out. I deserve that. What does God do? He brings me in. And so I need to now turn and do that for others. See, the mercies he's extended to us needs to be extended to others. That, that we would stop, listen, Stop treating people the way we think they deserve to be treated. Stop treating people the way you think they deserve to be treated. And start treating people the way God says they need to be treated. Amen? You start doing that, and I'm telling you, you're, you're moving toward legacy. Because your life is actually going to make an impact. And Christians, I think, use this 
all the time to go, well, I can't love on them, and I can't, and I can't, and we group people, we label people, we push them away, and, and we create these boundaries, and we make our, we have a little church family, and even within our church family, it's like, well, I like you, and, but I, I don't know about them, and, and we just build all these barriers up, and God just goes, knock it off. Come on, just, you love everyone deeply, and the way that you're going to do that is you're going to cover a multitude of sin. And I love he said multitude. He's like, all sorts of stuff. People got all sorts of crazy, right? And you just need to be ready for it. You're going to be surrounded, church, California, here you go, all sorts of crazy. It is just all, it's going to be there. Don't be surprised. Be merciful. Be merciful. It opens the door for you leaving a legacy. And we're going to start there. Amen? And then he says, this loving each other deeply, it starts with covering a multitude of sins. And then he goes on to say this, be hospitable to each other. And you're thinking, how does that fit in? I'll tell you how it fits in. He says, be hospitable to each other. It, First Peter 4, 9, it says, um, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Do it and don't whine about it. So if I'm going to leave a legacy life, I've got to live a hospitable life. What is hospitality? Think about it. As I'm living this out practically, I'm thinking about others practically. I, others matter most. Come on, others matter. So I'm merciful to others, and now I'm going to be hospitable to others. There's a reason I'm teaching this before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hospitality means that you are warm and you are generous. Man, you get a, the Christians should be the warmest, most generous people on the planet. I am just warm. And so you know hospitality when you've been around hospitable people, right? It, it's, hard to, it's hard to explain unless you can think of hospitable people. And how do they treat you, right? We have in our church one of, one of my best friends, um, Kim. And Dustin, so Dustin's one of my best friends, and his wife, Kim. Kim and Dustin Patala, Kimmy is one of the most hospitable people in the world, I'm telling you. Like, you drive by her house, and she's inviting you in. Like, come on over, come on. And when you get there, it's like red carpet rolled out. Okay, I'm being a little facetious, but you get the idea. And she's already, when she knows you're there, she, she brings you in. It's warm. She gets to make sure the music's going. She's over in the kitchen. What do you want to eat? And I'm a girl, we already had lunch. She, well, you're going to eat again. And she's making food. And when she makes you a sandwich, it isn't like sandwich with, you know, a piece of meat. No, it's like, it's like loaded up sandwich. Like, here you go. Just warm and generous and talking, asking questions. Like, just, that she just has that gift. They, they make you feel like a million bucks. Matter of fact, like when my wife and goes out and I have no one to cook and, and I don't know what I'm doing, I, I call the Batalos. Hey, what are you guys having for dinner tonight? Wait, I literally, I do. I go over there, I hang out. We're going to, why? Because they're just hospitable. Just hospitable. You want to be around that. It feels good. Anyone, everyone ever, you know, somebody's just not hospitable? Man, it's, it's awkward. It's like you just don't, you don't even want to be there. I got, I got a, a, a Quick story, a pastor friend of mine, a pastor friend invited me to his house for dinner. I won't tell you who it is. And it was awkward. I'm just telling you, it was so awkward. Like just not hospitable. Like you walk in and we, we brought the wrong thing and they pointed it out like several times. It was just very awkward, you know. And, and uh, this is a long time ago, by the way, Orange County. Yeah, that was Mike. Yeah, Mike did. His, his wife was like laying on the couch like, like halfway through dinner. This is weird. This is awkward. This, this, this is not hospitable. And when you're in environments like that, you, just Tate and I are looking at each other, like, trying to give signals. Like, like I don't know what your signal is, couples, but well, we, we, tried to, we tried them all. The eye roll, the, the, you know, whatever. Like, we're doing them all. Like, get out of that place. So, Scripture says, if you're going to leave a legacy, 
When you think about the ending, I love one another, you can be merciful. And you've got to just learn to be warm and generous to people. Do you know that 25% of people, this is a true, true stat, um, less than 25% of people actually even talk to their neighbors? Less than 25% talk to their neighbors. Now, Christian, listen, that can't be us. That can't be a legacy life. Like, how are we going to reach the world if we don't talk to our neighbors? Does that make sense, everybody? Hospitable. Like, you smile. You bring people in instead of turn people away. You make room for them at the table. Tate and I, the very first time we went to um, back, back to the south, went to, we, we went um, back east. We went, we went to Nashville and we got on Yelp, found a breakfast place and uh, five stars. And it was like two monies. I call them, you know, little money signs. That's, that Tate and I do that in, internally all the time. How many monies is it? Oh, that's a four monies? Yeah, I don't, don't, I don't have a four money budget right now. I got a, I got a two money budget. It was a, it was a, I think it was like a two, three money budget. Anyway, we, we get there and it's packed out, packed out. People everywhere. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be an hour and a half wait. And I go up, I just put her name in, put her name in. And she goes, okay, it'll be about five minutes. I went, how? How is it going to be five minutes? There are people crawling all over this place. Okay, five minutes. And five minutes goes, and then she calls us. Norman's party two. I'm like, okay, where are they going to put us? They literally take us over to a table, big old bench table that had about about 14 other people sitting at it already. And they made room for us at their table. Like literally, they're like, there's a couple here that needs to sit on. Do you guys mind? Oh, yeah, bring them on over. I had no idea who any of these people were. Tate and I looked at each other with that whole thing again. Like, are we going to go? And then this lady says, come on over and sit down. I'm like, okay. Most awkward thing I thought in the whole, in the world. And so we sit down. There's like 14, 15 people at this table. And all of a sudden, like, grit starts getting passed around. It's the morning, man. We got grits and... It's like 9.30 in the morning, and they're passing around fried chicken. It's coming around, and, and we're just loading up, and we're, we're eating, and pretty soon we're people asking us questions, and pretty soon we're, we're sharing stories, and we're hearing stories, and you guys, an hour and a half go by, and we, we sat down with 15 strangers, and we left with 15 friends. I'm telling you, all of us, so we're, cha- we're exchanging, like, Instagram, and you follow me, and, like, and we still, like, I, from that one day, there's still people that I'll check in on every now and then, and how you doing, remember? Man, them grits were good, remember? And I'm just telling you, listen, it's the weirdest experience in the world, but it just shifted something in me. Man, things happen when you make room for people at your table. Like, you just, you never know what God's going to do when you just get hospitable. Like, just come on in. You sit right here. And, and God uses hospitality. I don't have enough time to go in it. You look at all through New Testament. Hospitality is the unsung hero in all of the miracles you see Jesus do and all the work Jesus did. It was all done in homes. It was all done. And just people just being hospitable, just being open and warm and generous. And God will use it today just as he used it then. Church, we need, listen, to just make room for others in our lives Some of us, come on, we are so, amen, we are so focused on us, we don't even see others. Come on, stop it. 
Open up your eyes to the people God put around you. Make room for them at your table. We're all longing for a place to belong, a place to call home. Where do we fit? We're all looking for family. And God intends for the church to be the place that when you show up, you go, man, I'm home. It just feels good. It just feels right. That only happens intentionally when we're being hospitable. We, we, as a church, we aim at that. Come on, like we should be hospitable. When you come in, there's a reason people are there smiling at you. We want you, we want you to know we, we're glad you're here. So friends, you're going to leave a legacy. You're going to love deeply. How? First of all, you got to be merciful. Love covers a whole bunch of crazy. And you can be hospitable. You, you, what are we doing? We're starting to think about others. Why? Because others matter most. And, and here's the last one. 1 Peter 4.10 says, here, you need to understand this. Last thing you need to do, if you're, if you're thinking about others and you're loving deeply, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Someone say, serve others. We're going to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Peter says, listen, you got to take what God gave you and use it to serve the people he's put around you. Serve others. So we got to ask these questions. What has God given me? This is, this is a legacy life. What has God given me? And each of us have something that God has given us. Like some of you, you got a certain amount of time, certain amount of time left. You got a certain level of education. Like what has God given you? You got a certain level of influence. You got a, you got a, you got a certain job. You got a career where God has put you. You got a measure of money and resource God has given you. Gifts, talents, skills. What has God given you? Come on, think about it. Now here's the question you need to answer if you're going to leave a legacy life. Is how can I use what God has given me to accelerate his work around me? What, how can I use what God has given me to touch the lives of people God has put around me? That kind of thinking leads you to a legacy life. That kind of thinking, listen, helps you start to impact the environments God has put you in. Like, God, what have you asked me to do with what you gave me? God, God, what do you want me to give of what you've given me? God, how, how do you want me to be involved with this gift you've given me? Luke chapter 9, verse 24, last verse. Jesus said this. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. In other words, look, look. If all you do is think about you, if all your time and attention and energy and effort and resource just all comes back to you, Jesus says, and whoever's trying to save their life, you're going to lose it. You lose. But watch, whoever loses their life for me or for my sake, for gospel's sake, you're going to find it. You're going to save it. If you live your life giving your life to the things of God by investing in others, by, by just what he's given me, I'm giving out. I'm just warm and generous and loving and I'm not circled in, around me in the gravitational pull of me. I'm just out here going, God, how do you want to use me to make a difference in what you're doing around me? He says, when you get there, you're going to find life. That's living. That's legacy. 
That's what makes a difference in the world. That's what's going to make a difference. Come on, at your Thanksgiving table this week. Listen, don't just let another Thanksgiving go by and have it be like the last Thanksgiving. This one's going to be different. Why? Because you're going to mark lives with legacy and the way that you chose to live in this season. I mean, you're just going to love them in a way that is different than how you have in the past. They're going to see love stretched out all the way out. It might be exhausting. It might cost you more than it used to. It might, come on, but you're going to look back at it and I promise you, you'll be more fulfilled than you ever could have going into it like you did last time. You'll look back at it going, look what God did and this story that he told and this, and that's just Thanksgiving. Come on. There's days after Thanksgiving too. If you spend all your time and energy on you, it's wasted. If you spend it on others, it's invested. God hears the cry of the oppressed. Come on, man, let's go. He sees the broken and, and the hurt all around us in California. He sees the, he sees the hurt of the, the fatherless children right now. He, he, he hears the cry of those that are, man, they're lost and they're looking for their way home. God sees all of it. He sees everything that's happening in California. He sees what happened in this last election with all the issues of abortion and everything else in California, just we go our way, we go our way, we do it. God sees it all. And, and what does he do? What does God do? He moves in the church. Like it's gotta be different, everybody. We gotta, God stirs the church. God, God works in the church. God awakens the church and, and he, he sends the church, he commissions the church to leave a legacy. And so friends, we step out going into this holiday season to leave legacy, live legacy, amen? Like California will be different. Our families are going to be different. Eternities are gonna be changed through us. Generations will be shaped as we go and give ourselves to what Jesus told us to give ourselves to. More lives will be changed through life in Christ. Generations will be impacted because today we say, God, we're not just living to live. We're living for legacy. We're going to make a difference in Jesus' name. Amen, church. Come on, will you stand to your feet with me? Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. 